0: Hello. Hello. Hello, all. Welcome to the Failure Understanding Care and Kunst podcast. My name is James S. Lee, and I'm here with
1: Ruth A. Aitken.
0: In this episode, we have an interview with Simon Grand Danielson.
1: Simon Grand Danielson is a Swedish artist who transferred and studied for six months in Tromsø. We invited him to participate in an exhibition in 2021 called To Live as a Mayfly.
0: We caught up with Simon in his studio in Umeå as we were on our way back from Stockholm to Tromsø via the overnight train.
1: In this episode, we discuss the politics of public space, leaving your fridges out in the open and... Mixing of Christmas trees with city councils.
0: I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, Simon. Um, maybe we can start uh, by asking... Or maybe getting you to describe where we are.
2: Yes, uh, right now we are in my studio in Umeå uh, that I share with two friends. And uh, yeah, it's crowded with works and stuff and good to have or to save things. Uh, I'm going to have an exhibition in Östersund uh, in September. So right now I'm trying to collect the works that I've done that will fit that exhibition.
0: Yeah How would you, how would you describe your artistic practice, your konstnärskap, if you will?
1: Um,
2: I always do this. Uh, I always say that I have a background in graffiti from being a like teenager. And from like being a, like a punk growing up uh, in a really small place in the south of Sweden. And uh, through through that like subculture, I also started in getting an interest of public space and how we use public space and how what you can do. Like what's the possibility in different sp- spaces or rooms in the public uh, and that's the, like that's how I started doing art. I'm, I'm, I don't. I really don't like graffiti as a art form. <laughs> I really like graffiti as what it is, but I don't like it. I like bringing it into the contemporary art. But it's a really for me. It's been a really good method for uh, researching or like understanding the public spaces and. From that to starting to see what's like w- w- what's going on in the public space and what can I do if I don't like to do throw ups and tags what what can I do there so from that I also started collecting stuff that I find in the public space and also starting to think about how how we use it and uh, last time we met James I showed you the work. Uh, uh, Vitt Ljus no, no I don't remember the title of the work even
0: uh, uh, uh. Vite Varors Ljus
2: yeah Vita Varors Ljus yeah that's right and uh, I think that's in some way are also interested of that like that's a good example of like how we use public space how we like leave our old washing machine in some parking lot far far away from
0: your home I mean, maybe that's actually a good way to begin um, that you could actually describe that project because it is something that's very indicative, I suppose, of both your style um, but also how you engage and use public space. So maybe you could talk us through that because when I saw that project, it was being, how can one say it, it was being camouflaged by Christmas trees. (laughs) <laughs> Which made me laugh very, very hard, and I think to maybe describe the whole process and the whole experience will maybe be quite illuminating into your practice and your approach.
2: Yes, uh, so in Umio, they have this like uh, light festival that they started and usually they're only taking like light designers and people that do really nice things like uh, pretty light installations. But this year they had an open call and they also invited artists because they wanted more artists into that uh, like light fest. So I applied with this idea that I wanted to have vita varor like white goods. I think it's the, yeah. Um, that were gonna look like they were dumped on a parking lot in the city, and in the evening there were gonna be lights inside of them, more like subtle lights as a, as when you have forgot to close your like fridge properly in the night and you go up in the night and you see this small light in the kitchen and you just realize that everything has been destroyed because you missed to close the fridge. And uh, the like the commune were really into my idea and they really liked it. And they were like, but we have another place than this parking lot. Like we want it to be in the center of a park, very center in the city. And I was like, oh, OK, yeah, but that's nice. That's a totally different. Uh, it it's some totally different like. Uh, uh, sammanhang. Uh, context. Context. Yes, <laughs> that's the word. Uh, and uh, but let's try it out. And then I'm started to move all this white goods there, and also a lot of other old stuff like broken beds and armchairs and boxes and everything I could get my hands off. And I start building this sculpture into the center of. Uh, Rodus park in Umeå, and then it goes like two hours from I starting to move all my stuff there, and I get a call from the local newspaper asking me like, okay, uh, so are you are you the artist <laughs> <laughs> making a sculpture in the park or an installation? I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm making this, and uh, then he also says something like yeah there's been a lot of people calling us <laughs> <laughs> asking about this sculpture and you're like oh okay that's weird because i mean i i can get reaction of works i do but usually i don't have a permission or i don't have a like yeah. i used do it's a artistic initiative yeah. self-initiative in public yeah. space but you think like okay now i've been having this contact with the commune and they have like they know that i'm going to be, be yeah. there <laughs> And then when I'm, I'm I go back to the site where I work and I meet this old lady that's out with her dogs and she's super upset and she was like I called the newspapers is this is this yours <laughs> yeah. I called the commune and they I asked them like is there something going on in the Rodusparken? is someone <laughs> doing anything there and then they have the answered no no there's nothing going on in Rodus Park. <laughs> No, well, then you should go down there <laughs> <level. laughs> because someone has been like leaving all their garbage in you know, this market. I thought it was some kind of protest, and then th- that's what it takes. Like yeah. then the circus is on, yeah. and people are super upset and have this. Yeah, as always in social media, people have a lot of mm. opinions, and there was also a lot of people that were super positive to my work and talk to me I, mean, I think that's also what's nice working in mm. public space that you meet another kind of pub or like um, visitors or that doesn't have the same like view on art as yourself or don't have that like experience of art and you mm-hmm. can have a discussion that's really nice and like opens opens up a lot of questions yeah yeah Uh, and then uh, yeah yeah I don't know what more to say about that work yeah then uh, when you came James to see the work or I was going to show the work for you because I've been there like two there was in I think two months the light festival and like every time I checked the sculpture or installation there was someone that has like left something and someone took um, a share from the exhibition or from the installation and people are just thrown in garbage that's also very common that people want to like intervene in my works and I think that's nice in one way i don't think they i don't think we see their interventions the same way like that what i like what i like with what they are doing i don't think they understand that i like it that it's some way makes them taking decisions it's Mm -hmm. like i'm also like as an artist very interested in alienation and like the relation of like how you lose relation to public space or spaces or to the city and also to like what you produce or your life so then i think it's even more interesting when people have enough of energy going down (laughs) trying to sabotage my work because then At least they are reacting. Like I think it's nicer than just uh, a non-reaction or like being asleep. Mm. Uh, But then when I came down, I saw these two uh, Christmas trees next to uh, the installation, and I was like, "Okay, wow, that's really serious. Someone (laughs) has like broken, (laughs) bring down two Christmas trees here for uh, like making a point of for (laughs) some way." And then when I showed the works for you, they had covered like the whole like installation with Christmas <laughs> trees. It was like more of a forest than, uh, yeah. than my installations, <laughs> uh, and I was so surprised. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." Uh, and I remember I'm trying to explain for you that they're not supposed to be <laughs> any like Christmas trees in front of the <laughs> installation.
0: I, re- I remember you trying to ex- or. <sighs> If I remember correctly, you said you had some conversation with the Camuna where they asked you if you could move the work or if they are because they needed somewhere to store Christmas trees. I can't remember exactly how those conversations went, but you were in you were speaking to the Camuna about the artwork. Maybe you have a better yeah you, no you, they had you, you'll be able to explain what happened
2: yeah they had they had just asked me if i will take it away like the week after when like the whole exhibition had finished like yeah. the same week and i was like yeah that, that won't be any problem and they talked about some like christmas uh the thing you hang in the like the balls that you hang into yeah. mm.
0: bubbles
2: bubbles yeah. yeah and they have this like gigantic ones that's yeah. Because this was like one month before Christmas that yeah. the light festival ended. Uh, but then they had taken another initiative on their own. Because they were like, yeah, you know, when I talked to them, they were like, yeah, but we had to, bring, <laughs> we had to put the Christmas trees down now. Because next mm-hmm. week there will be uh, a shell, like there will be ice. The, f- the f- ground will be yeah. frozen. Mm-hmm. So then we can put it down. And they were like, yeah, but couldn't you have asked me at least? Couldn't you have, like, had a, like, a conversation with me? Like, what? Didn't anyone talk with you about this? They said yeah. that they have talked with you. Yeah. And they were like, oh, okay, but yeah. uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tried to explain that when you see this, because I was like, but I have to document this work. Like, I use it when I yeah. apply for other stuff, like yeah. scholarships and grants. And they were like, yeah, but like what's the problem with that (laughs) like you can still see the works and you're like you know it's really hard not to read in the christmas tree into the installations and they were like okay
0: (laughs) because when i saw it i mean it was three or four like in my maybe this is my memory it's a false memory but i do remember there was maybe at least two or three Deep Christmas trees all around this artwork.
1: Okay, so there's <laughs> like, like was, rings of yeah, trees.
0: Yeah, it wasn't just like a tree there, a tree there. It was
1: in circle,
0: Ordered <laughs> by Christmas trees. The, the installation was more Christmas tree than it was Vittvarar. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: But you have in uh, in Swedish the same thing as in English that you can't see the wood for the trees. Oh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something really. <laughs>
0: I mean, Um, I I laughed incredibly hard, especially when you told me this story, Uh, because it's it's just um, what's the best way to put it? Uh, There's something about as well how that also looking at that with the Christmas trees around it. What's the best way to put it? I don't know. Like, it gave it more power, or or it, it, it spoke to the the insanity of how one deals with like as an artist in public space and all these different stakeholders and it's not just the communa or the property owner that you're dealing with it's also because it's out in public it becomes a topic of conversation and it can get tied into these sort of cycles of outrage or you know and newspapers wanting to you know that talk shit about contemporary art or something like that
2: yeah I have a like I have a similar experience from another exhibition mm-hmm. where, where I was part of this like, land art exhibition in south of Sweden, and uh, it was the same summer that I was gonna get married, so we were gonna have our wedding in the end of the summer, so I couldn't be part of the vanissaage uh, the opening of the exhibition because it was the same day as the wedding. Uh, not so good planned. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then I had made a fridge called The Source, or in Swedish, Källan. Uh, because I had found an old um, beer fridge, you know, the one that has a glass window, mm. kind of. And then I got a site that was next to this old uh, uh, water-like... Uh, where people went to drink to be healthy and stuff like that, and health mm-hmm. So then I put this fridge next to the, uh, this pound of water mm-hmm. and I put a light in as well in that one. And it had, in the dark, you could see that it had this like yeah. what, similar when you pass by a store and you can look mm-hmm. in and you can see that the fridge are like having a light, but this was an empty one. Uh, and then I was also super nervous that someone was gonna throw it away before <laughs> the organizers were there yeah. to put up the signs. Mm. Yeah. But then they called me, the organizers, and be like, "Okay, now we put up the signs. Everything looks fine. It works." So I felt like, "Oh, great! Now I can focus on the like wedding and organizing <laughs> everyone that's coming and stuff like that." And then this day before the wedding, someone calls me and be like, yeah, are you Simon Grandon?" And I'm like, yes, I'm Simon Grandon." Have you made this kind of artwork that looks like a fridge in, <laughs> 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 like, I'm in this place? I was like, yes, it's me. Like, okay, yes. yeah. We were here and <laughs> we got a call that someone had thrown a fridge out in the forest. Oh. So we went here to, to move it away. We're from this uh, uh, kind of committee that cleans
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and you're like oh no and we we're like yeah we pulled all the cables out of the <laughs> battery and then we realized that maybe this maybe this is the artwork that was <laughs> the <sign. laughs> and then i was like a uh, thousand kilometers from the, <laughs> the artwork <laughs> and we're like yeah oh you, you just have to fix it like you have to restore it but maybe it's best if you come here and like <laughs> like no you, i can't like you just yeah. have to fix what you've destroyed yeah. and they did that yeah. was nice but
1: that's like the more positive side yeah. of the story <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's but more like uh a...
2: it's always the risk when you use like ordinary thing or like things that's
0: But but I think it makes perfect sense that you come from a graffiti background because, of course, uh, in my... Just thinking this through here, um, white goods, of course, are the things that you're... 100. We have a phrase in in the UK, you call it fly-tipping. And one of the most common things for people to fly-tip are white goods because they cost money to dispose of. Mm. So it's a real problem, people just dumping fridges and freezers out in, you know by a motorway or something like that and I think there's something that I really appreciate about what you're doing here is that the the it's a, it's a very thin line when one puts a fridge out in public if you do it and it's in this context of all these permissions and all these uh, it's gone through the bureaucracy so you have special as you would say in English dispensation to put your white goods out in this public space and I think it can be quite provocative because people have this understanding that that's the one thing you're not supposed to you know you can maybe okay you know you maybe disregard like a cigarette bar or blah 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 but the idea of like a white good putting out, oh it's a it's a social menace as they would say so is that borderline of, of uh, almost crime or breaking the law which i think is like it's really provocative i can understand why people have these very strong reactions to your work in particular
1: yeah but it's also that our like thinking about this idea of alienation from our public space we're also alienated from our trash and the the waste that we make in the world because it goes away and it vanishes and i think that's it like particularly a you're sort of making this very visible very unalienated and putting people in contact with it with the, the waste we have and then we maybe in the same way with public space or with other things maybe we as a society don't want to be unalienated we, we like that alienation we like just sort of floating through the world without touching anything or without engaging properly and so you you try to make this visible or unalienated and they circle it and hide it in trees. And it's a really, uh, like uh, there's just something both fantastic, but also very telling <laughs> about how we live in the world yeah. or how uh, people engage. Like we really don't want to see.
0: And, yeah. And I like, I love this idea of having this old beer fridge as this semi magical uh uh, presence. Mm. I can imagine in a you know uh, some, imagine the film Midsummer uh, in the middle of nowhere in Sweden this beautiful Swedish forest and you have this beer fridge with this strange glowing light and you can imagine approaching that when it's dark and watching or at dusk and going past it past it and seeing this eerie light coming out. So there's also something quite magical about this very banal thing. So I can imagine it being something that it would be quite something to experience yet yeah, it's this old shitty bro you know nearly broken piece of uh piece of equipment and uh, so i love that uh i love that part of uh part of it as well um
1: yeah no i was just thinking about this uh yeah the fridges as fly tipping um or as waste and their existence in public space in regards to our thinking of failure. um, And I'm just wondering if their existence is like a failure of public space or a failure of people uh, doing it, or if it's a failure of policy in that, like, I think in the UK, you have to pay to get rid of them and therefore people trash them. Like, is their existence in the public space uh in fly tipping or in random car parks or rivers or whatever is that failure does that belong to us as individuals um is that failure public but, space or is i failure? think that
2: i didn't know about the fly tipping in mm. the uk but the interesting in sweden is that you don't have to pay mm-hmm. to like trash or like to leave your white goods it's free like sometimes you have like you can only do it like twice a year or four or eight but usually it's free so but people still (laughs) still do it like and i think that's like that's also interesting (laughs) like why why do you like why do you do it like why why do you hate society so much (laughs) (laughs) you just leave it in but I've done, another, I've done another work in public space where I build this mountain of uh, shopping carts in a river in... yeah,
0: We, 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 we saw it. Yeah. This was before we met you and we thought, oh, that's great.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and for me, it's called Ett of av möjligheter and translation, it should be like a mountain of possibilities, like the mountain of possibilities. Mm. Because like what you said about like or is it a failure of public space or is it a fi- failure of our society that like i guess it's usually kids throwing in shopping carts into rivers uh as i like it's happened all the time like in all every time they like clean rivers in cities they find shopping carts guns and bicycles kind of <laughs> and you're like what's like the guns support? part i understand <laughs> but the like bikes some shopping carts what's up with that like why what's the like need of throwing things into the river and you see them disappear like the sink uh, like it's it's really really interesting
1: yeah that one as well actually because i'm thinking in the uk i think it's been done away with now and it's been done away with There's little signs of it in norway as well but where you uh I think to try to deal with this, you had to use like a pound coin Ugh. or a, yeah, a coin to, to take your trolley out. So you'd be incentivized to return it. And it still doesn't work. People would still <laughs> steal trolleys <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and maybe just find ways of removing the coin <laughs> anyway.
0: There's maybe one of those, uh, if, you've, if you're familiar with the book uh, Freakonomics or that whole movement in economics about, uh, what do they call it? Behavioural economics? The fi- uh, there's lots of famous examples about it. Uh, for example, one is uh, about uh, a daycare center in Israel, which brought <clears throat> which brought in fines if you were late to pick up your kids, um, and they realized there was an increase in parents uh, just paying the fines as they assumed it was you know just an extra yeah. service, so it's okay, your debt is paid. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they just you know, they stop the fines and you can just come and pick up the kids. It improves it because people have a like a social obligation to pick up the kids. Whereas the assumption was that if you're paying the fine, you're also paying for a kind of like you can do it. You just have to pay the fine. You're emptying the debts. Yeah, exactly. As if you've
1: got social debts.
0: Yeah, you can't pay it off. And I do wonder if there's also a price point uh, with these trolleys, like the amount of fun someone can have with an empty shopping cart is worth more than the you know in the UK it'd be like a pound it'd be I don't know here in in Sweden like like 10 10 kroners or something like that that basically the amount of fun you can have is like it's worth more than a like a pound so maybe that you have to put in like you know fiverr and then it's like okay no we can have more fun than you know just driving somebody around in a shopping cart or throwing this away or something like that yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd be interested to hear what other reactions you've had in terms of your work in public space, uh, particularly when you're saying you're installing it and people are coming up and trying to you. Maybe the good and the bad. Yeah,
2: but the the barrier of my later work, I think that was the like biggest shock that I ever had mm. installing works in public space because I. Uh, there was it took like three days to install it i think and i started in the evening of a tuesday and then I, when i waked up on the on wednesday morning i had got a mail from an old man from like Nortalia. and he was like uh, you've been invited on the wrong uh, on wrong uh, grounds like you're not supposed to be here and you're not supposed to put up this work like you're not Basically, like you're not welcome here, and we like the resistance against your work is very strong. <laughs> and I was like, "What? what? Who is this? <laughs> like, okay." Yeah. And then they started this. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's really funny, and it's really like inspiring. But when it happened, they started this Facebook group where people were like revolting. <laughs> against the, the, it was called like "Save the River," like Sa- yeah. Redda Nottelia one,
1: yeah.
2: and it was mainly my works that was yeah, yeah. That was the one that they were wanted away. Uh, yeah. But the, the museum that had the old well, Konsthall in Nottelia, they were super happy about my work mm-hmm. <laughs> Not yeah. the fuss. I think, but yeah. uh, but there it was even more interesting because a lot of people passed by and no one said anything and then Mm -hmm. they went home and write stuff on their computer people even write like oh I talk with the artist he seems like a nice guy but his work is like (laughs) (laughs) like we have to stop this we can't put our money into this kind of works like uh, is this like
0: tourists are visiting us laughing Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do, do you think what's the best way to put it do you think they can say that in the Facebook group. Do you think people, what's the best way to put it? If they objected to it, you found that, you found that they would say it on Facebook or online and how, what they would say on there would be very different from what they would say to you in person. They wouldn't maybe appeal to you in person and say, look, this is, this is not very good. I don't agree to this or were they super positive when they spoke to you and then you saw the person and their facebook profile saying in the facebook group this man must be shot uh there was more he needs like, to be put in the river
2: yeah no but it was more that people were like oh okay so what is this and then i explained like yeah. what i was doing and they were like oh yeah. okay oh, oh i see and then i went home like yeah yeah there wasn't yeah uh, in when I had this, like, Vita Wars use, people could tell, like, oh, I don't like this work, or like, this is yeah. stupid to my face. And I could be like, oh, that's like, yeah. y- like you're allowed to think that. Yeah. Like, mm. I yeah. don't think it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. but in Notelia, it wasn't. I was, yeah. There was one guy working there, and he was more like in shock. Like, oh, I thought the kids have just run <laughs> mad. Like, <laughs> yeah. How could they put all this? But now I get it. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then we didn't talk more about it, and yeah. he didn't say anything more about it. So yeah. But yeah. in Nortelia, yeah, I also had the experience that uh, I was there after the opening to take some photos of the work, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. Um, And my oldest daughter was then two and a half, and she was climbing everywhere. And it was Mm -hmm. kind of steep down to the water. So Mm -hmm. I had to like have an eye on her. And suddenly you see this like three guys showing up. Mm. Uh, And you like, you recognize this kind of guys that they're up to something. Yeah. You can see the way they're moving, and they're like super, super nervous. Yeah. And like looking behind them. And you're like, okay. Something is going on here, yeah. and they approach my work, and I was like, sh- "Like maybe I should <laughs> introduce yeah. myself now. I should just like wait yeah. and see what's happening." And then they opening yeah. a bag and they put out a banner, yeah. a, like a super sweet banner that they have made by themselves, where it said like "Revolt against the leftist uh, yeah. <laughs> leftist culture yeah. art." Yeah. and they had misspelled it like totally in <laughs> Swedish <laughs> and you stood there and they, they were like putting it up super fast and then they just yeah. disappeared and I was stood <laughs> with my daughter and I was like they can't like they, they haven't done any like really good research about this because <laughs> like they could just like tell this to my face I mean I yeah. could also approach yeah. her, but it was also yeah. a scary situation because it's yeah. like uh, this is kind of like uh, some kind of neo-Nazi guys, yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm here with my kid. Like I don't yeah. want to. Yeah. No. Yeah. But then I and I regret it today. But I took down the banner mm. because it was like it's such a good artwork <laughs> yeah. in itself. Yeah. And then I tried to apply to it to the Swedish. Uh, like uh, the Swedish Höstsalongen, like yeah. salongen, yeah. so it could yeah. be an artwork in yeah. itself yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it didn't get in, I'm still very disappointed that <laughs> it didn't get into there <laughs> <It's> very
1: upsetting <laughs> that would have
0: been amazing that's so oh. funny, because of course that's one of the things that I suppose I'd, I mean I'm maybe not aware of the sensitivities around it Um, the idea that this is maybe because of the generous state funding towards art and artists, that the work you do is interpreted in a certain way to be of a certain politics even, which is very, very strange. Um, And yeah, I would have never have thought that you'd be in, you know, coming across, I don't know, men who have sort of tied you and your work into some grander political narrative. I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, that Being must be really weird war. that you, that you in this strange way, in this shitty little place in Sweden, I'll edit it out when I said shitty, I've never been to this place. It could be yeah, really far. nice.
2: It's a really nice place. You know,
0: I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you, <laughs> do, I mean, do you think your work has political valence or do you think this is just nonsense? Or does have does your is your work political, (laughs) basically, or is it just so? Uh,
2: I there is I don't remember who said it, but someone once said all like there is no like good political works, but all good works are political or something like that. So I hope I have some kind of like political. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm not interested in that. Like in in my works, it's not about like being political. It's about like. Or, of course, it's political, like being, Mm. like uh, trying to react in a society where you feel alienated. Mm -hmm. It's political. Like, Mm -hmm. alienation is a political term, like, it's a Marxist term. So, Mm -hmm. in some sense, maybe they are right, but it's not like, for me, that work is about like the possibility. Like, if you can do this, if you can build a mountain of shopping carts, if you can throw a shopping cart into the river. Like, you can do so much more. Like, we, we don't have to stop there. And I don't think it's have to be like, oh, we're making a revolution. Like, we're making a Leninist Marxist revolution <laughs> and building a party. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in, like, we can, like, free, free the public space. We can use it for so much more than use, like, shopping or...
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. and that feels really weird. Like, but... It's uh, w- what I said to you before, like oh, th- there's an election in Sweden this year, and depending on which party that wins, or it will uh, of course affect like how I can like live or what I can live on mm-hmm. when it comes to grants and so mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. difficult. Of course, it's like there's a political effect. But maybe it's more of how other people see my works than just uh, what how I interpret my works.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I
1: think also it enters into a broader conversation that's actually completely not that your work is irrelevant, or and I do think has like an intrinsic politics to it, but into a broader politics that has nothing to do with individual artworks, but is to do with yeah a culture war and the idea of art having funding or the idea of there being an ideal art and a... Um, uh, shit, what was it? The Nazis called it that I've now seen bandaged. Degenerate Degenerate art. art, yeah, which is a term that is now being used again, at least in the UK. Um, but in Norway, it's definitely part of the politics. You can talk about like a slossery ombudsman who is... Uh, Against any sort of art that is not uh, uh, traditional art mm. and deems mm. anything to be uh, wasteful.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I think there's also something about putting that in public space, mm. if that makes sense. I think I think where the te- where people expect, say in the the art gallery, there's also a choice to engage or a choice to. To come to that work it's also very controlled the environment because the what you would call Norwegian the formidling or the mediation mm-hmm. is present and there and that can be negotiated between viewer confused and angry viewer and you know also confused angry and underpaid uh, gallery staff you know mm-hmm. there, there can be a dialogue there um, and it's controlled and you expect when you go in an art gallery you maybe expect to, to come across these things and what you're doing by putting out in public space and the nature of the materials you choose uh, to work with and create from means that there is always that what's the best way to put it that it's a little that, that that you're never quite sure what kind of responses you're going to get. not only are you not sure what responses you're going to get, the whole thing is just much more uh, uncontrolled and I think I go back to the word provocation and I don't know if that's something that you're uh, that you think about in your work I mean for me the work is often comedic in, in many ways and there's there's something uh, absurdist about it but like in a lot of comedy what some people can find funny a lot of people can find like offensive or something like that like an insult like these people saying what has this man done to our town I mean how do you feel your role is are you more of a are you are you are you a comedian or are you more of a uh, or more of a philosopher
2: (laughs) I, I I Uh, I'm not a comedian. I'm really, I'm I'm a really boring person. (laughs) Uh, So, but I always get surprised. Like, and I think that's what maybe keeps me doing that kind of works is that I always get surprised that people (laughs) don't understand. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that says a lot about me as an artist. (laughs) Yeah. But that I get like surprised. Like, how, why do people get (laughs) upset by this? Like, it's have a super clear, like, Thought or like, I have a super clear like, idea about this and how could they mis- <laughs> like uh, misunderstand what I'm trying to t- mm-hmm, <laughs> tell them. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's very funny. Like maybe that's the com- com- comedy in itself that you can't like, that I should understand. Of course, people get super provoked by, by this. But maybe it's the same with the whale <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that we talked yeah. about earlier. Yeah that everyone is against like yeah. hunting whales because they are such intelligent and yeah. beautiful animals. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. okay, but <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I mean, one of the, 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 the questions that I think Ruth had sort of written down is, is, is trying to think about um how, like, how do you judge a work in the public space if it succeeds or fails? I mean, what, what are your, Parameters or what, what? How do you think of something as succeeded or failed when you're working on art in public space?
2: But I think the failure is when when there isn't a reaction. Mm. Like that's the failure. Mm. Like if no one cares. Like if no one, yeah. but like yeah. I wouldn't say bother. But if if it, no one like haven't even seen it, mm. then I mm. think it's a failure in one way because you, of course, you want. Mm people to see the works or like react mm. to the works. It's just I guess I am some kind of so like uh like blogged like that I I just missed that okay you can actually interpret the works in mm. another context than I thought mm. kind of but um, I don't think any of those works that people have been like super upset about have been failures. But then I've done a work for. I don't know it's 2012, I think. We built a room in this really weird concrete balcony in Gothenburg. Like where we're inspired by a k and Adams, the Swedish street artists. And I worked together with two other people, and and. The only thing we succeed by doing that work was that we shut off a space that people that used drugs used to use, like they used to sit there and mm. do drugs. And we build this room that we were like, oh, everyone can use it, it would be great. It would be this like mm. s- secret room, the city that people will discover, but instead we used to build a wall. Mm. <laughs> so it, it become this like anti-homeless <clears throat> people protection kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and that feels more like a failure mm-hmm. that you're like oh okay <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. if that was the
1: yeah do you think like uh, there's any failure that can be associated in like the destruction or the removal or the damage of a work or if it is purely in this like it fails your intentions is the only failure that uh
2: Oh, uh, say that, like if if someone like destroys the works so, or like yeah. that there would be a failure.
1: Yeah, I'm asking if you yeah if you would see it that way or if you are. That's part of the risk and the enjoyment of the work.
2: Yeah, I would say that's. I mean, it would probably I would be like upset mm. of it, but it's I don't I wouldn't see it as a failure, and I think that's also. Because I try to see reactions as a part of something good that people react.
0: Mm. Like
2: even though it can be uh mm-hmm. yeah, even though it can be like a reactionary <laughs> reaction, mm-hmm. it's it's still like uh yeah mm-hmm. that you do something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like with these three young Nazi boys hanging <laughs> banners. They had like made their own banner and you could tell that they had like make a sketch on this yeah. sheet that they probably got from their home yeah. <laughs> and it's like yeah. in some way it's very cute but i don't think they see it <laughs> yeah like for them race war isn't cute but <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't think race war is cute either <laughs> but it's it's uh yeah, it, yeah. I, I i don't think they can tell that they are actually like doing something else that they they
1: want yeah yeah or even that they're adopting the aesthetics of the thing that they are uh, (laughs) critiquing
2: and acting out in public space
0: yeah yeah that that is yeah the the, yeah the aesthetics and the aesthetic motivations between the two works are yeah as you say very very similar which is yeah adds to this sense of irony and yeah yeah
2: and i think that's also why i regret that i took it down Mm. I should have just left it there, so it, it could like talk to each other, you
1: Thank yeah. you.
0: subject of of, of failure I mean do you think I mean what do how do you think that's regarded in Sweden and how do you think that's I mean we're coming from the UK and stuff and I don't know maybe Sweden is this idea of this uh, very yeah egalitarian society there's obviously all these social safety nets and things like that and a lot of room it seems for artists to experiment and uh, you know for things to go wrong for example I mean, does it feel like that when you're, uh, you know, when you're making work? Do you feel like you, you have uh, safety nets, if that makes sense?
2: Yeah, no. The short answer is no, <laughs> not at all. I, I've, And maybe that's part of being an artist, but I think it's really hard to f- fail, like to f- feel that it's okay to make like a bad exhibition or bad like series of works or yeah. What, what will how will that affect my like situation like as in incomes and, yeah and also being part of uh like artistic uh, collective like yeah, as in
0: other people rely on you yeah exactly yeah, so and just about you yeah
2: no but the good thing is that you can make it if you're exhibiting on some places you get paid anyway It's not that you have to sell your works. And I think that's really good. And it's a really important thing that the konsthallar and like museums that they pay the artists. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And that's, uh, I mean, kind of unique for Scandinavia or Sweden and Norway that you actually get some, or are you getting paid in Norway? I haven't. Yeah.
1: I think it's starting to change actually. There's less maybe money in honorar mm. for uh, for exhibiting, but uh, no.
2: But still, if you make like a, it's still uh it's still hard and it's still hard to get in. Like I'm still struggling of like getting in <laughs> into the like art scene in some way and getting paid for being an artist. Yeah. You I mean, always get paid for others. What, what does it
0: What does it feel like to be in Umeå? I mean, do you feel that you're missing out on the? Do you feel like the party is in the other room? The party <laughs> is in Stockholm or Malmo, or Berlin. Yeah, and you're here. I mean, does that impact how you how you feel or how you engage as an artist?
2: No, I I chosen to move here to move back. We lived in Gothenburg for two years and. I mean there was also a pandemic so (laughs) it was hard times for everyone but it's felt much harder to get into like an art scene in Gothenburg than being here in Umeå and it feels like there's a lot of things going on here and I'm also interested in that like off the north like the north of Sweden and north of Norway and north of Finland and and what's happening in like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe that the party is in Stockholm. I think we can have our own party. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think it's, you're making yourself uh, uh Björn Tjänst, uh, you're not making yourself a favor of uh, like thinking that you have to move to Stockholm mm-hmm. and that everything will be much easier mm-hmm. there or, like moving to Oslo or Berlin like yeah Yeah. and uh, yeah so I I feel very like confident of being in Umeå Mm -hmm. and I also think it's easier to be an artist in north of Sweden in some sense because in Stockholm you have to you have so much more like um, more artists to like to fight over smaller places, yeah. But here, there's more of a collective feeling where people are helping each other, and people are happy that someone mm-hmm. comes or like moves in. Or mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, there's. I suppose that's what happens when there's like there's not a lot of. Uh, of course, there's money in Emo, but there's not crazy rich money, I'd imagine, in the same way that there would be in Stockholm, whereby one is rubbing up against. The possibility of always, maybe being able to sell out in a city like Stockholm, or or being able to sell some work, whereas in Umeo, you know, I can't imagine there's a lot of contemporary art collectors, you know, banging at your door or whatever, you know. So maybe it builds that sense of community. Nobody can, can uh, Yeah, you you have each other, and that's kind of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you feel you're isolated from? certain discourses or do you feel or do you even feel like you're on a periphery here because I mean we're in Tromso right and you were obviously in Tromso for, for a few years um, and when we were in Tromso it seemed like it had m- still quite an appeal and uh, quite a, what's the best way to put it, even though it was very peripheral in every way geographically uh, and also I suppose socially but in culturally in a way it still seemed like it had an appeal because it was the periphery do you feel this is the awkward in between that it's not quite peripheral enough but it's also not a center and do you feel like maybe you're uh, the interesting things that happen here in, in the city are maybe overlooked in certain ways
2: uh, no but uh it's not as exotic as Tromsø. Like it's not as like it's people don't see maybe the same way, but yeah. I I mean, I'm trying to keep updated about like uh, what's going on in the rest of Sweden and Europe and the world. Like I'm trying to try to follow some kind of art world. Yeah. But I don't think it's needed that I live in Stockholm. Yeah, to be part of that or to be like, but of course, sometimes you miss that. Oh, like, oh, I can't go on this opening or I can't see this show right now. Mm -hmm. But I also think there's other things that I gain of being here compared to being in Stockholm. Mm -hmm. Because I think that I also would like disappear in in Stockholm. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, no, I'm just thinking that uh, so much that I like. I very much agree with this idea of the you make your own success or you build your own environment uh, to to make art in, and you don't need to participate in that world. Uh, but I'm also very aware of how that, like how consistently surprised I am by how that is not actually reflected in the broader art scene that there is still like a a residing idea even if it's not fully vocalized of the outskirts or the non-centre as being a parochial space or a space that is uh, not functional for uh for having an international career or to to have a success or and therefore like that the the artist career trajectory should never really have a backward step towards the outskirts it should always be a progression towards the center it should always be a progression towards the international and towards these big art centers rather than um yeah, having, having a more diverse view of, uh, of what an art's career looks like. And I still think maybe Scandinavia is better or Norway is better slightly than, than other parts of or at least the UK. But that, um, that artists can maybe be punished for choosing different in terms of funding, uh, in terms of moving back a step or not directly following that trajectory yeah sorry to eliminate
0: eliminate with with uh, with an example I think there was a there was a period of time about 10 years ago in Scotland whereby the idea of the of funding and what funding was for and it was explained it was explained to me two times by people who you know worked for the the Arts Council Uh, the idea was that they seed they give a little bit of money to artists at the beginning of their career and the idea is that they'll progressively throughout their career drop in bigger bits of funding for bigger bigger projects and then you know it builds up it snowballs and the idea is that they should then therefore support them to go exhibit their work internationally and this idea of the orientation is always towards getting somebody out of somewhere, out of Scotland, and to showcase in one of these big art centres, you know, whether that be London or New York or, you know, uh, China over the last 10 years. It's, it's always been this... Uh, or it certainly was that idea 10 years ago. Now things have, might have changed. There might be a new directive or whatever. But that's basically, the, the, I suppose, what... Or at least I interpret what Ruth is getting at. Um, and I suppose mm-hmm. there, there's another approach which is very much engaged in the local and engaged in what you might call for one of a better word, social practices or something like that, where it's very much centered on a place uh, like Umeå and trying to build up structures. And it looks like this is something you've been doing here with the, with the gallery across the road. And uh, and the studio here is trying to build, build a community for one of a better words and to have a community of, of people and being able to survive here in umio or this is what it looks like to me
2: yeah i think it's a good uh, explanation of what people like long before me have tried to do Mm -hmm. that they have fight and like struggle for uh, having this strong infrastructure that we actually have right now and of course there's always a lack of money in like artist community or like they're always like missing out or but I also think and it's a I think it's a complex uh, feeling around it but I think it's also like of course I think artists should get paid but there's also something of that you choose something else when you like agree in this or like the part of this art scene that's maybe you you you're not going to get super rich yeah like yeah, it's yeah. but m- maybe it has other values mm-hmm. and uh, i just realized like and i realized it over and over again that like oh but i only work like 50% with a job that pays like the bills and everything and then i have 50% like time where i can do whatever i want and that's doing art but mm-hmm. still i can be in my studio and then i talk with my friends that have like this super high house loans and they are like yeah yeah they work 100 percent, and they are like super stressed over it yeah and i'm i'm like but i don't i don't have like that <laughs> yeah. like, i yeah. can yeah yeah
0: do you think that's important for creativity to have that What's the best way to put it? The lack of the uh, the lack of pressure, you know, or do you think it's been important to you?
2: Yes, I think so, and I can't really explain why. I wish maybe it yeah. wasn't like that. Yeah. But it's like yeah. the more time I have and the less money I have, I usually work better. But it has to be some kind of balance in it because I've been in situations like during the pandemic where I. Had very little money and very little like projects. And then it was like, okay, I have to get another job. Like, I have to start working with something else for a while. And it was, I, I drive the tram in Gothenburg for like six months or five months. And I, and it was really like difficult being like, am I an artist or am I a tram driver? <laughs> like, <laughs> have I stopped making art? And then yeah. suddenly I realized that like this is the best work I can have being interested in public space because I just moved through the city and no one like sees you no one believes that you're like sees anything you're just like invisible and then I'm trying to think about it as I'm like an uh, artist in residence kind of like like, what can I gain from being in this (laughs) work in this position
1: given how much you work with public space and you obviously think about it a lot um, how you or if you think public space is failing us as a collective.
2: I think maybe we are failing public space as a collective. <laughs> Even more. I don't think public space cares about us. <laughs> it's like nature. It doesn't know, but um, yeah. Uh, I am I'm start, I'm just started this project that I don't really know how it will uh, evolve. Around public space outside cities, mm. because we just like bought a house on the countryside mm. outside Umeå.
1: Mm. Wow!
2: Yeah, uh, talking about having money or living,
0: yeah, yes. yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> having massive house loans. No, uh, <laughs> that's why it's on the countryside of Umeå. Uh, but then I start thinking about it, like, but what? How? <laughs> where is the public space? Like, mm. because uh, everywhere there's like someone owning. The land in another sense mm-hmm. s- mm-hmm. and people are using it in another there's a lot of like people being farmers yeah. uh, next to their house mm-hmm. and uh, they are like owning forest cutting down trees mm-hmm. like selling forest there's mm-hmm. like a huge industry and w- where like the, it's like where is it and I think do people need it like is there a necessity of public space outside the cities And I I mean, I think the question is, or I think the answer is yes. But it's just interesting to start comparing those two Mm. uh, situations. And also then you get into this, like the idea of a city and how how do we use, what is the city kind of. So I think we're, I think how like the planning of cities is failing public space maybe the way we're planning mm. like the cities the future cities of humans are f- failing mm.
0: did you did you feel that more strongly after you were a, a, a tram driver in the pandemic mm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because public space becomes a very different thing when people, I guess Sweden was maybe slightly different and wasn't as closed down, but public space becomes a very different thing when people aren't allowed to assemble or to yeah. come together.
0: And, and uh, one, one more anecdote is that we've obviously been traveling through Europe, uh, this, this and normally when we've been staying over somewhere in the morning, I'll go every other day I'll go for a jog, especially if we're in a new place. I'll go for a run and explore the city. And obviously the worst places to do that, or the worst place by a million miles to do that was Castle. And I think this is something that is very Germanic in Hamburg as well. They love a motorway, the Germans. Of course, so much was bombed after the war. And I suppose that was the, the future, right? was how you, you create these cities, where these massive motorways. So it's a horrible place to walk through. Uh, castle in particular hamburg was also quite bad but once you got into the old part in the in the city it was actually lovely uh, to, to be there um, so that's maybe another perspective as well if you're on a tram and how you experience the city or public space as well be quite different from maybe how you experienced it as a pedestrian yeah
2: i think the um, i think i'm kind of also damage of of my interest in public space so i can see so much like when i like taking pictures of public space or like documenting public space i realized that a lot of people they don't enjoy (laughs) the things that i take (laughs) pictures of in the same way as i do or as it's Mm -hmm. like almost as a researcher like wow look at this Mm -hmm. and on my wall i hanged one of my like mesh photos and I'm, yeah. I'm like, oh, this is a super nice place. It's from Trondheim, and then I realized that a lot of people wouldn't think this is a super <laughs> nice yeah. uh, place. It's yeah. like a structure that someone has put yeah. in front of a door so yeah. people can't go into a house that is yeah. some kind of abandoned. Yeah. But I think it's super nice that it just can be, <laughs> be, <laughs> yeah. be like that. Yeah. So. Um, I think you, I think it's very clear when you're like a tram driver, where people are, that it's like the poorest people, the poorest areas in the city that was most exposed for COVID. Mm. And they were also, they were all like, uh, depending on using public transport in another way.
0: Mm
2: then you could see when you went through like the richer parts of -hmm. the city Mm -hmm. and also how you use like the like um public uh, transport of a way how how you can use it to shut people out of the city Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i mean in the end stations in the poorest areas in Gothenburg, there were there wasn't a, almost no like um, controls of like tickets so people could tra- travel more or less for free or you don't you didn't have to mm. care about paying <laughs> when you mm. traveled mm-hmm. but as fast as you move to like the more central parts mm. of the city mm. you can tell that people are they're much more like uh, guards or this control control as it's called in swedish mm. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. yeah, I don't know if it was someone uh, <laughs> reply replied to that. Yeah, but... no, it
1: is. It's really interesting. But now, and now, like, I'm just wondering, curio- out of curiosity, would you see public transport as being, uh, particularly given that we do have to pay for it, do you see that as being a public space or uh, something else? Is it a private space or is it a. Yeah,
2: contested? exactly. I think it's uh, like. By law, I think it's a private space. It's not a public space because they are like you're not. You have to have a permit to film inside of trams, for Mm -hmm. example, and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So uh, then it's not a public Mm -hmm. space. But in the same way, it is uh, like a semi-public space Mm. because people are using it, even though you're paying or not. Like it's, it's an interesting. (laughs) interesting mm-hmm. phenomenon in the public space mm-hmm. and also that there's a lot of people just sleeping like yeah using it to sleep in, mm. in bad weather and stuff like yeah. that yeah yeah it's
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. really fascinating yeah mm. uh, a totally different side of the city yeah yeah yeah, yeah
1: and uh, yeah just thinking i think the I don't think I've ever really thought about public space in the countryside. Maybe in like villages, because it's always. And maybe you envision public space as like a right to come together, and a right to space where you can come together without consumption. Mm. Or in my brain, that's maybe yeah. by how I conceptualize it. And in the countryside, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is that? What is that need? And yeah. uh, how is that? Uh, formulated or um, materialized, and then also thinking about this idea of public transport. It's uh, if that is a public space, it is also very, very limited or uh, not in um, in the countryside often.
2: Yeah, I think that's also interesting because in the countryside, usually people meet up at the store like that's always like a common oh and then they shut down the store and now there's not yeah. really any place to meet anyone yeah. Like,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah or even I'm thinking of like commuter towns so places that are um, uh, there may be more common in the UK um, but places that have either been places that have everything has shut down so they're purely about people traveling into yeah. center or places that have only come into existence for people to move so that again there's no uh, design of public space because there's no intentionality for people to stay within that space it's always about something else or moving somewhere yeah. other yeah, again, I'm, <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> but
0: yeah, I mean, in your practice as well, you've you've worked in a. It's not just urban space. You've worked in uh, I'm familiar with a work that I saw on your website, where, if I remember correctly, you'd maybe collected all these um, like maybe trash from a forest and put them into these giant bowls. I mean, maybe you could talk about that as well. And then there was another project. That I saw where you built a fake nature reserve, or created a fake, great. like a, a a sort of fake nature reserve experience around this a sort of weird in between <laughs> space where it's sort of semi suburban, semi industrial, yeah, semi nature. You know, so all these different spaces <laughs> yeah. and what these spaces are also seems to be in in flux as well. In yeah,
2: it's uh, so I a mean, work. Uh, I did Yeah, Söder Täljävägens naturreservat, mm. uh, and I did it together with Erik Andersson. That also did this plastic ball with, and then I worked together with him and Andreas Remfelt. But uh, it's funny because we got a mail from St- Stockholm, <laughs> the commune, Stockholm's commune Stockholm stad, and they told us to take down the website <laughs> for the, <laughs> the restaurant. <nature laughs> <vegetable. laughs> and I just remember it. I don't know what I don't know what actually happened with that yeah. because I just let Erik handle the, the whole situation. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> but then. Uh, we we just copied Stockholm Stads like uh, Mm -hmm. yeah everything so we made it look exactly (laughs) like like it was them making this nature (laughs) reservoir and we made a folder with text that is just like our we've been just walking around through this nature reservoir and we've been writing down everything we saw after each other it's a very weird like uh, folder if mm-hmm. you want to go on a nature yeah. reservoir, because it's like yeah. a car tire, a bird, a <laughs> yeah, guy yeah. talking to us, yeah. uh, there's a uh, yeah. here's a forest, here's this, this, that, that, yeah. that. Yeah. but that's come also with that, like how yeah. do we interpretate like a nature mm-hmm. reservoir, what's important when you visit a site kind mm-hmm. of, or mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. place or a, yeah, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. why? why do we always have to change it what if we just like let this stuff be Mm -hmm. that you're supposed to Mm -hmm. how would that Mm -hmm. be how would the like interpretation be of Mm -hmm. of that and i think my yeah it's i'm in this facebook group where people are writing about abandoned houses like and they take pictures of this like abandoned houses that they've been on the countryside and very often someone writes, like, that's my house. Why are you in my yeah. house? Like, that's <laughs> yeah. not abandoned. Yeah. It's my yeah. house. And I think yeah. that says something about, like, the interpretation yeah. of the use of space. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And with the nature rest of as well. Like, because we were, the first interest of that place was the holes in nets, in fences. And that comes from this, or maybe it was after we made a work in Trondheim called Hulrum, where we decided to cut out all the holes we could find in fences around the city. Yeah. So then we cut out like the fences with holes in it. We made even bigger holes. <laughs> and then we exhibit the, yeah. the fences in the small gallery space at Gallery yeah. Blunk. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> we made a movie. It was yeah. like, that, that was a kind of a failure. I yeah. should have thought about it. Yeah. Earlier, because it was a really bad exhibition, I think it didn't really was so like nice yeah. Yeah. Oh. to see, but it was a really nice work to That's, do. Like, yeah. I, a
1: very nice thought in your head, yeah. like, it's a work that just uh, maybe digs into your brain. Yeah, a...
2: and like, we have to do this, like, we really have to do. And suddenly, there mm. is much bigger holes all over mm. Trondheim, but mm. the presentation can it was mm. like kind of a failure because we didn't really <laughs> keep, like, <laughs>
0: yeah put
2: it together in the same like how I visualize it in my head Mm. but then we also cut off the fences on a bike lane in Trondheim
1: Mm.
2: and we reshaped the bike lane so everyone had to move like they had to go Mm. through like abandoned industry area what we (laughs) thought was an abandoned industry area Mm. and then this guy uh, approached us at the bar and he was like super upset like have you have you cut down the fences and shut off the bike lane over here? And uh, we were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you are the artists that have made this like exhibition about cutting holes in fences. Like, yeah,
0: that's awesome. us. <laughs>
2: like, so it seems very like. Um uh, yeah. I mean it would it could have been you like it would be, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's kind of your context of working like yeah yeah it it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it really is but yes
1: that work yeah
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: no I think it's uh, like a really good point just thinking about the yeah what we presume when we move through space we, we presume so much about the aesthetics of something or that something is abandoned and I think we were when we were doing our exhibition, which you were involved with. We mm-hmm. kept looking for transitional spaces or spaces that were in disuse, and uh, and everything that we would find would be like this space, this is the one. And then you were like, No, this is already at its sort of like maximal use. Someone <laughs> it's already been used in exactly the way it should and can be used. It already has its audience, already has its uh, whatever
2: functional, oh, yeah, its yeah. function
1: and uh, it's uh movement and its population mm-hmm. and I think that was so yeah we obviously did find places but it
0: yeah. yeah yeah maybe maybe now is a good chance that we can talk to talk to you about the project you did we can talk to you about your work uh, that I suppose you never really saw in in tromso
1: mm-hmm.
0: when um you threw the uh, oh no maybe this we... might be it then if you have uh, to get your um
2: can yeah yeah I can really short about it three okay. minutes talk okay. about my do work yeah. Uh, yeah yeah, yeah. no uh your yeah the work that i showed in tromsø yeah yeah, uh, yeah. and i have uh, this really strong memory of uh, people throwing <laughs> their old drying racks into the ocean next to the opera house in tromsø so i was so happy when you asked me like if i wanted to do a work And I was like, "This would be perfect. Finally, I can use this photo that I've been taking of this like uh, dry racks." And then I couldn't find it. I don't even know if it's if it exists. Yeah. (laughs) If it's just a false memory of how people used the ocean in Tromsø (laughs) as this like garbage.
0: Yeah, yeah. We put obviously these drying racks into the ocean, and we came down three days later and they were gone. So whether the ocean had claimed them or whether somebody had taken them out, either to use them or... uh, And I remember we sent Andre, our collaborator, we sent him... He was on Finn for two days trying to find these drying racks. It was
1: more than that, though. It was quite a while we were... Because I think that was the interesting thing about them vanishing, was that we'd spent a long time looking for... Like Obviously, the manifesto doesn't let us uh, buy new things, so we had spent a lot of time looking for second-hand ones. And it seems like, uh, yeah, there was a drought of these things in Tromsø as well. So when we put them in the ocean and then they vanished, I'm just wondering that it was people were just like desperate for a uh, yeah, drying, a drying rack.
0: rack. But yeah, it was just very, <laughs> like very... finally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ocean gave us... Yeah, a... yeah, yeah it takes and it gave So yeah, we don't know. We never got any complaints, um, but I do wonder if, yeah, w- what happened. Because of course the intention was that we would take them out at the end and, you know, have a drying rack for ourselves. Oh. But yeah, we obviously didn't secure them... Uh, you know, strongly enough in the very shallow water. Yeah. But maybe we have to call, we have to end it there.
1: Yeah. Do you have any, did did you have any feelings about the loss of the drying racks at the end or uh, when we told you?
2: I I thought maybe it was mostly funny and it was also nice to see you installing the works through zoom or Skype Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) because you were like, like it's I often have this feeling when I install works and even seeing other install work. like this is so stupid like <laughs> they just put drying racks into the ocean <laughs> but it's also really nice like I really uh,
1: yeah yeah great well we sign off
2: yeah Tusen thank tak. you thank you thank you
0: This podcast podcast was was brought brought to to you by us, James Lee and Ruth Aitken. And together we are the duo behind Fuck! Fuck. We would like to thank Kultaroda for giving us money to do this podcast, which after listening to, they might demand back.
1: We would also like to say thank you to Nicholas Horner and the Art Academy in Tromsø. The sounds you have been hearing in this podcast have been made by Jack's Broken Head from the failures, glitches, errors, and offcuts from today's episodes.